And that then started me thinking about, okay, so what's the link between this psalm and what was going on in Mark? And I think it's this idea that approaching God in a childlike way makes it easier for us to focus on him. Being childlike potentially allows us to be more God-centred and less me-centred. Now, hear me right, you know, I, I have been a child and I have had children and I know that children can be incredibly selfish. So I'm not painting some wonderful image of children meek and mild who naturally look, look outside and focus on other people because I think that's not the way children operate. But I think what Jesus was talking about when he was talking about a childlike face was that simplicity, that ability to focus on one thing to the exclusion of all others. You're making a daisy chain, and that's all you're doing. Nothing else matters. Building a sandcastle. You're playing with pebbles on the beach. You're picking up twigs. You're trying to eat a snail. It doesn't matter what you're doing as a child. You focus on that thing. And I think that's part of the dynamic that Jesus wants us to get hold of when we're praising God, is to just focus on God. The other thing that struck me about um, Psalm 150 um, is that you know, praise is in our very nature. When you read that psalm and you read a lot of the other psalms and you read a lot of the Old Testament about how the Jews worshipped God... It's something deep, deep within. When we start praising God, it really builds a connection between us and God. And the point that Carl was making earlier about casting out fear, I think that too is very important. Again, going back to this idea that we can only really hold one idea in our brains at once. If we're focused on God, it's much more difficult to be fearful. And when I say focused on God, I don't just mean, oh God, help me, I'm afraid. Because that's not focusing on God, that's focusing on my fear. I mean, oh God, you're amazing. I'm going to focus on you. And then I can't focus on me. So casting out fear, turning away from self. These are the things that praise helps us to do. Praise is hard to do silently or without movement. I don't know, you know, people will often say, let's have a time of silent prayer. Have you ever heard anybody say, let's have a time of silent praise? It sort of doesn't work. Praise is active. Praise is noisy. Praise is physical. Praise is human. It's about our whole bodies, our whole minds, our whole experience being focused on God. What what we were doing this morning as we were singing was praise. That was a good example of what goes on. Some people were moving, some people were singing loud, some people were singing quietly. But we were being ourselves before God, but we were focused on God. And that's really the key, that praise opens up that connection. 
It's like on those sort of, you know, days when it's pouring with rain and the clouds are all over and suddenly there's a break in the cloud and you see one of those amazing sort of sunbeams shine down, sort of thing you get on the South Downs. And it's just extraordinary. It's like a spotlight on the earth. And that's what's going on when we praise God. We rip a hole in the heavens and we make that connection. We tear away all the stuff that is normally sort of inside us and around us and in front of us. And we make that connection with God. That's what praise does. That's why the Lord's Prayer starts with praise. Because Jesus is saying, if you want to connect with God, you have to connect with God. You have to think about God, you have to focus on God, and you have to bring your whole body and mind and soul and heart and spirit, all of you, to focus on God. So let's think a bit more about this link between Psalm 150 and Mark 10. If we go on to the next slide. And just notice for a second how the tech team have now got all the words to fit, so... It's pretty impressive. So Jesus said, truly, I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. That's quite strong. You know, we often think about this story as Jesus liking children and the disciples being a bit adult and bureaucratic and saying, no, no, you haven't, you know, you've got jeans on, trainers, you can't come near the great man, sorry, go and stand outside. That's often the sort of, the thing that stands out to me is the disciples, you know, sort of barring the way and Jesus saying, no, 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 you know, it's everybody can come. But, but that's quite a punchline, isn't it? I'm not sure I've really focused on that before. It's not just... Jesus saying, yeah, I like to have kids around me and they can sit on my knee and we can all have a bit of a laugh and then I'll go and be a rabbi again, like a temporary playtime, just for a few minutes. We'll let the children come to me and then I'll go off and do all the other Jesus stuff. He's actually saying, no, this is, this is a picture for all of you, for disciples and everybody else standing around. This is important. You need to approach God like a little child. So that made me think, then, what does it mean to be childlike? Why does Jesus think that approaching God in a childlike way is so important? Now, lots and lots and lots of possible answers to that. And I'm not confident that I have the the wisdom or the the insight from God to, to really pick out the ones that are most important. So what I thought I would do just for a few minutes, is just to give you a few pictures of children. This will test the tech, but um, when we start the first picture, hopefully it will just sort of flick gradually through. Just have a look at them. And I want you, as you're looking at those pictures, to think about those two questions. What does it mean to be childlike? And why does Jesus think that being childlike as we approach God is so important? What does it mean to be childlike? And then how does that actually link up with God. Let's have a look at these pictures. So there's some possible thoughts up there. I don't know what was coming to your mind as you were looking at those, but it it struck me that there's something about children that's sort of more about doing than thinking. You know, if you just sort of uh, put a child in a room with some things, they'll 
they'll start doing something with those things. They'll begin to play. Now, if you put an adult in the room, most of the time the adult will go, why have you put me in the room? It's a test, isn't it? Okay, so what do these things mean? Is this one of those Myers-Briggs things? If I pick up the furry toy first, will you think I'm some sort of weirdo? I'm going to stand and think about this. Um, it's a lot more laughter when children are around than solemnity, isn't there? You know, I go to sort of conferences and uh, they usually have these embarrassing breakout sessions when you're supposed to network with people. And uh, everybody sort of stands around going, hmm, yes, that was... Um, was an interesting presentation, wasn't it? Who are you? Yes. There's not a lot of, yeah, let's just, let's rip up the presentation packs and make houses. <laughs> let's build three islands and have a battle of pirates. That'd be good, wouldn't it? That doesn't tend to happen. Um, so there's, you know, there's, a, there's something about being childlike. It's being in the moment. It's being immediate. It's being open. And again, look, I'm not painting children as angels. I know that children can be really horrid to each other and bully and vicious and all that sort of stuff. But I think Jesus is saying, you know, be the best child you can be, not the nasty one. <laughs> There's a lot of imagination in child's play, isn't there? Being childlike. You know, you, my, my parents were very keen that we shouldn't have guns as young children. We didn't need guns. We had sticks! And uh, we had a pogo stick that was like the most epic heavy machine gun. If you had the pogo stick, you'd run! Oh, yes! It's just imagination. If you, had, if you gave a child sort of, you know, an empty room and absolutely nothing, they would be able to create something out of that space. And there's something about that imagination, that open-mindedness, that, that ability to just link things together. And Jesus is saying, yeah, you need to Bring that into play as you come into God's presence. Because God's all about relationships. God created everything. He knows all the links. He saw it all coming together. He sees it all moving right now. Every single subatomic particle, God knows where it is. Even if the physicists think it can be in several places at once... God can see all of those possible places all at once. He knows all that's going on and he wants us to begin to appreciate that and engage with it. So he wants us to be playful. He wants us to be imaginative. He wants us to be active in our relationship with him. In the moment, engaging with our senses. Our senses are very important. God gave us senses. And part of worship, part of praise, is being engaged with our senses. So it is about movement. It is about noise. It is about physicality. It is about singing. But it's also about smells and sights and sensations. So we should be embracing of all of these things. If it, if it helps you engage with God then it's a good thing in terms of praise. We shouldn't be constrained and, and sort of afraid or, or, or concerned about what praise might feel like and how it might work. 
And one of the fundamental things that you see when you see children playing is you see joy. That picture of that little kid in the sort of the front of the pushcart or whatever it was, just that sheer sort of, yeah, exuberant joy. And that's what God wants for us in our relationship with him. And remember that joy casts out fear. That joy turns us away from ourselves and our situations and onto God. Psalm 150 sounds like a pretty good child's party. I remember when I was um, small, one of the, the best parties my, um, my parents organized was um, my father used to play the saxophone really badly. Um, well, not really badly, but, but pretty badly. Um, but with enormous enthusiasm. And um, fortunately, we had quite a sort of a, quite a long house. So he could play a saxophone down one end. And by the time you'd shut various doors between him and the rest of the family, it was okay. Um, and so he could have a great time playing the saxophone. And we could have a great time living our lives without the saxophone. Um, but one time I had a party and I had a bunch of friends around. And the most exciting game we played was we all had uh, tins and sticks and, and sort of, you know, toy instruments and stuff. And my dad played his saxophone and we just walked around the garden. All of us in this most horrendous, cacophonic racket you could possibly, possibly ever imagine because everybody was just doing their own thing as loud as possible. And it was brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. And, and my friends just had such a fantastic time because they could make as much noise as they wanted and nobody told them that it was too noisy or too out of tune or, or too out of time or just didn't work with the rest of the band. That's like the church on a good day. When we're all being ourselves. Because we're not going to be in tune with everybody else. We're not all at different situations in terms of our relationships with other people, in terms of our physical health, in terms of our mental wellness. There are so many different paths we're all on. But God can hold all of that together. And he just says, look, come to me. Come to me. Have a party. Come to me. Focus on God. Leave yourselves behind and focus on God. And just enjoy his presence. That's what Psalm 150 is basically saying. You remember the story of David dancing in front of the Lord and how offended his wife was. <clears throat> and David just basically said, look, you know, I can't help it. I've just got to dance. I may be the king and you may be embarrassed, but I love God and I'm going to focus on God and I'm going to put aside my royalty. I'm going to put aside my sort of head of the family thing. I'm going to put aside my dignity and I'm just going to focus on God. And that's a powerful thing to do. And that is, I think, something that we often find quite hard to do as adults because we've gone beyond the in the moment, I don't have a big ego, I'm just going to play. And we start thinking about the fact that, well, you know, um, people, people sort of look up to me or people expect certain things of me or I'm over a certain age and therefore one doesn't do that sort of thing. Or, you know, I was always told that it wasn't, wasn't right or it wasn't respectable. Or All these voices come into our heads and say, yeah, look, just don't connect with God quite like that right now because of all this stuff. And what Psalm 150 is saying and what Jesus was saying to his disciples is 
try to put that aside. Try to come to God like a child. Try to come to God without your ego in the way, without yourself in the way. Try to approach God for who God is, rather than approaching God on the basis of who you are. So the challenge for the week um, that I'm setting myself, and I hope you will join me, is don't just thank God. Don't just say please to God. Don't just say sorry to God. Those are all good things to do. But do something else, something more, something extra. The challenge is to praise God, to spend time just praising God. And if, like me, that's something that you don't currently do on a regular basis, it may be a bit difficult at the start. So I suggest, you know, you just have to practice, just have to try a little bit, just have to think of a few phrases that you know to be true of God and tell God those things, believing them to be true, and see what happens. Because praise is the way to connect to God. And I will absolutely sure that if you and I start doing that this week, if we really take a conscious effort to do that more than we have done last week, things will start to happen because it's not a one-way flow. As we open up the skies, as we take away ourselves and focus on God, God will be able to more clearly focus on us. He's focusing on us right now. He's focused on us all the time. But you will be able to experience that. I will be able to hear that voice of God more clearly if I'm focused on him. You will find that your faith will increase as you do that. That the fears and the worries and all those other things will be pushed out by that exercise of focusing on God. And you will also find that your horizons begin to be expanded. Because once you've really opened that connection with God, then he can start opening your eyes to what he can see around you. We were singing that wonderful song about, I believe in God the Father, I believe in Christ the Son, I believe in the Holy Spirit, I believe in the three in one. And... The Trinity is at the heart of Christianity. It's, it's the difference between Christianity and other religions. We believe that God is three persons in one God. It's, it's, it's a complicated thing. It sounds a little weird. But it's very, very important. Because it means that God is inherently dynamic. God is not a monolith. God is three persons dancing with each other. Three persons who are continually praising the other person. Continually giving of themselves to the other. And when we start to praise God, we join that dance. That's the extraordinary thing about praise as the start of prayer, that we enter into the fullness of that Trinitarian relationship. God welcomes us in to the dance and says, I'm so glad you're here. 
join me. Join us in that unity of praise and grace and giving. Let's pray. Father God, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, Lord, we bless you and praise you. We magnify you, Lord. We just acknowledge your extraordinary love for us. And Lord, we pray that you will inspire us to praise you during the coming week, to really open our eyes to all that you are, all that you have been, and all that you will be. In Jesus' name, amen.